Hey, hey guys, welcome to the KFO show, Kayak Fishing Obsessed. My name's Darren. I'm your host. You can find me at, at Wendell Fishing on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those things. But if you want to get a hold of me, find me on YouTube. That's where I'm at most of the time. Guys, I'm excited tonight. We got Chris and Drew from the Paddler's Playbook with us, and I am pumped what they got to say. They've been doing this for a long time, a lot longer than I have. So it's going to be a good, good night. Uh, before we get there, uh, I want to talk a little, just thank our sponsor of the show, usrivermaps.com. Um, Jeff is one of our listeners starting up a small business and you can see over my shoulder here, boom, right here is the maps that he puts together, printed on canvas. And it's, it's one of the most detailed river maps. So if you're into like, love that type of art stuff, check it out. usrivermaps.com. I'm not sure if this code works anymore. Uh, Jeff, if you're on and you're listening in, <laughs> I think it was supposed to go through the end of the year. So I'm not sure to get $35 off works. Jeff, if it does, please chime into the comments, let people know that it does or does not. Guys, I'm excited. This is episode 11 of KFO, and we had a record show last week. We had over 1,000 streams, which is pretty good for episode 11, so you guys freaking rock. And uh, we have quite the lineup. I'm booked. We got guests booked through March. So, of course, we got Chris and Drew tonight, Alex Rudd next week, Chad Hoover the following week on the 24th, Jeff Mallet from Kayak Bass Nation. On the 31st, I'm working with Bass Geek to get him on. On February 7th, we got Yak Rods. February 14th, Valentine's Day. Go find yourself a date. February 21st, we got Fish Anything, owner of Mule Fishing Supply. February 28th, Benjamin Nowak. And on March 7th, months, we got Cast Cray on. But so I am pumped. Hopefully, you guys are pumped too. But instead of talking about everybody that we have coming down the pipeline, let's talk about who we have on tonight. Drew. Chris, oh, what, guys, what up? What up? Welcome to the on, show. Man. Look, I love I love your listeners already because one of the comments says, "Give Chris questions that require short answers." Ooh. You can t- you can tell that Ooh. they listen to our Ouch. show as well. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what that means. What's that, what's that even mean? <laughs> Chris doesn't give short answers. Uh, well, got it. Let's let's see here. Drew used to be the long-winded one. I think something happened because you know what? I used to be the one that catches all the damn wind and fish. Oh wait, can I say cuss words on here? You, you, let's get you that be straight you, man. first. You be you. <laughs> I used to be the one catching all the wind and fish. Now I gave Drew the chance to catch all the wind and fish, and he's no longer long-winded. Now I'm the one talking forever and ever and ever. Amen. It's it's role reversal, man. It's role reversal. Hey, hey, I, I got a question on. though. Before Drew goes, okay, go go ahead, Drew. Okay, Darren. Next yeah. week when you have Alex on, yep. Ask him why. He doesn't really, he's not really allowed back at the Sonic. Just ask him, just ask him that. First question out just of the gate. Ask him, ask him that because it's a, it's a great story that he told on the Bass and Brews podcast the other day that you we really were gotta all on. got to get messed so. up to, to get kicked out of Sonic. Well, he didn't get kicked out. Y'all just tune in next week to all find right. out why, it's a little teaser, why Alex is maybe getting the side eye whenever he goes to the Sonic, as he likes to say. Oh, all right. That'll be the first question. I'm going to catch him off guard. He's not even know it's going to come. First question. Hey, welcome to the show. I got a question for you, Alex. Boom. Tell me about the Sonics. The Sonic. Sonic. Yeah, tell me about the Sonic. Uh, well, guys, I um, I was checking over your your podcast. Forty four seasons, seventy seven episodes, one hundred thousand downloads. Chill out. Yeah, tell me the journey. We hit we hit a hundred thousand this year. It's that's it's been crazy. Some people in Australia that like us. Yeah, Uh, we we get downloads in Australia and Ireland and. It's we we actually we have a pretty good following in Australia. There's a good group of probably it's about 150 downloads a month from Australia. So there's a good group of people who are downloading the show there. They love redfish. Yeah, Ooh, and me and Chris are really proud of those numbers because we only put out a show every two weeks. Okay. So it's not like we're putting out a show every week. And you know, if we put out a show every week, I mean, we could, you know, double those numbers, triple those numbers, quadruple those numbers. I, but we're really proud that. of it. Well, I mean, you're I gonna know. have your 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 subscribers, 
they're gonna but one thing that we wanted to do from the very beginning was you know we didn't want to oversaturate or or take anything away from our shows and we thought that if we did more shows more frequently we would have a little less quality so we wanted more quality over quantity and plus me and chris both like to talk and there's no way that our wives or anyone else is going to want us to talk for two and a half hours every single week and then listen Plus, to us. I like to cuddle my wife. And if I'm making an episode every single week, I ain't getting no cuddles. Guys, that, you're going to get me in trouble. My wife is listening right now. Well, I mean, but you're, you're only doing an hour. You're like, an hour, that's it? That's all that's we're it. doing? Like, we get on there on our show, and it may be Yo. an hour and 30 minutes. It may be three hours. Two we hours may have to, <laughs> yeah, we may have to cut it into a two-part yeah. series. Michelle asked me, she said, are you doing your podcast tonight or somebody else's? I was mm -hmm. like, oh, we're, we're guests on somebody else's podcast. Oh, you'll be done in about an hour. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, she, the she real knew. question was, are you going to be gone for three hours or one hour tonight? Yeah, I get that. But when yeah. when to go back to where we started or how yep. we started – um, there was a couple podcasts on whenever we started three years ago, fishing podcast. There was just a few and I wanted to start something to be not somebody, but within the industry, but to have something to do with the kayak fishing industry. Um, suck at YouTube videos, like horribly, not very good at social media. So I really wanted to do a podcast and I like the way that, Chris tells it because whenever I was going to Chris, like, hey, dude, you want to do a podcast? Chris, what did you tell me? What the hell's a podcast? <laughs> yeah, Chris, Chris <laughs> didn't even know what the hell a podcast was whenever I approached him with the idea of starting a podcast and talking about fishing. But one of the main reasons why I wanted to do it with Chris is me and him have difference of opinions. We're both pretty outspoken. But, you know, to be perfectly transparent, he's a DJ. He has a DJ business. I used to DJ. I know right. he has no trouble talking in front of people. I have, he has no trouble articulating his thoughts. I don't think I have very much trouble articulating my thoughts and talking. So I knew that at the very least, we would be comfortable in front of a mic and we'd be comfortable talking and we'd be comfortable interviewing people. And I think from the very beginning, that's what I, I knew that would work. Now, did I know we'd be four years, 100,000 downloads, everything else? No. But I knew that we would be able to be entertaining and be able to right. have a podcast and interview folks. With a face like this, how'd you not know you were going to get 100,000 downloads? I know, right? Well, I knew with faces like these, we'd be great for podcasts where people don't have to see us. That's why we don't do video versions. You know, you'll notice something here, guys. Uh, there's three people here on this screen. Two of them have beauty rings. I do. That what, makes me beautiful. Oh, yeah. I saw that when he showed me his rod room. Yeah, it makes us beautiful. That was talking about. Look at these guys with their with their pretty lighting. I got I'm in here in the RV with RV lighting. <laughs> I got a little I got a little ring right here too. Well, I could probably make myself glow. So, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, lit it up. So tell me tell me a bit about. Okay, I mean I mine's not primarily a podcast, right? I just kind of hack it into a podcast afterwards. Tell me when the when the growth spurt kind of hit. Like when did it take off? Because I keep hearing, and of course I watched you know the YouTube videos on. How to grow your podcast, so forth and so on. And they're like, okay, a lot of people quit right before that kind of S curve kind of takes off in the outer space. When did you guys see that? And was there any like particular moment that could help with that? Or I, I'm I'm curious about the journey, how people grow their their kind of influence and you know people who kind of Drew, follow. It was right after we stopped sucking. Yeah. <laughs> our first, our first three episodes were three four, four episodes are tough to listen to because they were very very scripted. Yeah. Um, 
I think once we started to have on some higher profile national guests, we started to gain a little bit more traction. You know, you pick up one or two people from outside your area. They share it with one or two people outside their area. Um, and then it just starts to snowball from there. Um, another big thing that, that helped us was, you know, working with ACK and ACK was sharing our stuff on their social media platforms. And, you know, they have a big, big, very social, you know, followers and things like that. So that, that really helped us a lot. Yeah, no, makes sense. Love it. All right. I got some questions. I, I love for this. I mean, if you guys got questions, if you're listening in, please go ahead and write those in there. Uh, I'm not, not paying attention to those. So I always star them and come back to them. TMOC, the question, how'd you guys get started with, with, with kayak fishing? Have you always been kayak fishermen from the beginning or did you come from the bank or come from the boat? What was that journey? Chris, I'll let you go first. Um, well, I, my, I always pick about my very first kayak because I called it the plastic mistake. Um, I had, I had purchased the, uh, the dreaded divorce maker, the tandem kayak. Oh. And I thought that, um, at that time I was trying to get my now ex-wife involved with some more outdoors type of you know, environment and getting outdoors a little bit more. Cause that's how I grew up. It didn't work. And that thing sat in the garage after one use. And that was like in 2001. And then, uh, fast forward, you know, five, six years later, um, I'm divorced and I need, I, I need to get outdoors and start doing things, um, the way that I like to do them. And, uh, finally get back into fishing and, uh, decide, yeah, I'm going to do it by kayak. And I had a couple buddies at work. Like I said, previously I work at uh, NASA and we're kind of full of people that love to do outdoors things and are very techy. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of, it's kind of a great marriage, right? Um, outdoors and being techie whenever you're into kayaks because we love to diy things we love to put things together on our own um usually a lot of boat owners you know they buy the boat and next thing you know they're using that acronym constantly break out another thousand Mm -hmm. you've got to spend money constantly spending money i know that because i'm also a boat owner but um kayaks is just an inexpensive way to get outdoors um to you know fish if you're kayak fishing um but i also love touring too so um, I'm an avid hiker and I'll put in 20 miles paddling with no problem. So it's, it's more than just fishing to me. Right on. I like it. I like it. Pass the question up top. So I was in uh, Corpus Christi, um, at college at A&M Corpus Christi, did a lot of surf fishing, did a lot of fishing from the, um, fishing from the rocks, uh, wade fishing, of course, no room in the, apartments there to have a kayak or anything but out of port aransas you know when we would go fishing we would always see a guy renting kayaks he'd have a whole bunch of wilderness kayaks out there and you know years later i finally figured out the guy that i was passing is like an old g kayaker down here in south texas and it was slow ride it was dean thomas he was the one that was renting them out and i always passed by him and always passed by this was in 2005 um and I was like, man, if I if I only had one of those, I could I could get to where I know that there's fish over there. Because when you're fishing from the bank, you know, you're always thinking if you're not catching anything. <laughs> if I could just he's still over there, yeah. If I could just get there, that's where always. the fish are. Like always. I can see. Look at the look at the str- I know their structure. Look at the way the you know the laydown is over there. Like if I could just get there, I could catch the fish. So I always had that thought. Like if I could just get there. Well, you know, fast forward like two years later. Um, I'm taking some classes and I'm like, man, I really want to get a kayak. 
So I'm saying this to a guy that's in, you know, at the community college now. He's in my history class, and he's like, I got a kayak. I'll never use it. And I was like, well, man, I don't, I don't really have any money to buy a kayak from you. He's like, well, what you got that you ain't using? And I said, I got a mountain bike that I don't ride. He goes, deal, I'll trade you. Come on like, ne- I've never seen the kayak. He's never seen the mountain bike. We have no clue <laughs> what either to get rid one of them is worse. Yeah, w- <laughs> what they're worth. They're both just sitting in our garages. So I ended up going to get it from him, and it is a uh, it's a um, ocean kayak uh, scrambler xt and i don't know if you guys have ever seen those no i tried to rig XT it up to be a crappie rig extra wet butt yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly it's like a 11 and a half foot it was like 27 and a half inches wide oh, you know back then narrow. it was it was it the was angler that, no it wasn't not that mm-mm. look it up i, I, I bet it you it's 27 28 inches wide what is it, it i'm looking it up ocean kayak scrambler, scrambler. xt angler edition now, make sure you add the XT all you yeah. open those up. And back then, you you want to know what the angler edition meant? There was yeah. two flush mount rod holders in the back. <laughs> that was the angler edition of the kayak. 29 uh, inches wide. Oh, I see it. 29 inches wide. Okay, 29 okay. inches wide. But anyway, so I got that thing, and I was like, I'm living up in Conroe. At that point, I'm like, all right, I'm going to turn this thing into a crappie machine. Now, I had that thing about six months and I'm like, all right, got to trade it in. And now yeah, I probably every option you could. Oh, man. Like I to put a fish finder about, on it. Talk about the fish finder. Yeah. So <laughs> to put a fish finder on it back then, you there was no accessories like there was no yak attack. There right. was no rail blazer. There was no yak gadget. There was none of that. I remember so, whenever he was unloading this thing, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Man, what is this guy so, attached? <laughs> so what I did was I went and bought a um, piece of aluminum, like a um, sheet, not a sheet of aluminum. I don't know how to say it right. But it, it was a piece of aluminum that was four inches wide, and it was like an eighth inch thick. And it right. comes like you can buy them at the hardware store. Yeah. And we took and we heated up and we bent it just right where I could bend it, where I screwed it to where the foot pegs were. And then it went over, and then it went back up, and then I screwed down a fish finder to the top of that, and then I ran a battery cord where I could put a deer feeder battery in the front hatch of that kayak with, like, a um, Tupperware container with holes drilled in it where everything could come through there so I could close it down as a battery box. Because there wasn't no battery box. That's OG right there. Dude, it was OOG. How help you find? Uh, none. Zero. <laughs> I didn't find anything. I mean, it was a little like four inch little Piranha Max looking thing. Like it was like it was it, was, it, 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 it wasn't even like a Mark Four X. It was just a Lawrence four inch. Like there was no series name for it or anything. No like video that. game fishing back then. Oh no, and there was no like recess part for your transducer. It, the transducer was on a piece of uh, PVC pipe. That's amazing screwed down there and ran back up to the fish finder like there was nothing back in 2007 2006 for any of that stuff so you're the original yak attack if, if you would have made a youtube video on that hack you would have like the a original today now do you that's, do you know what yak out. attack originally started with what their first product was what they first started selling luther told us that. about this Wasn't on, the on our carbon? show yeah it, well, it was a version of their light uh, yeah that was their very first the product the that they ever made. big thing yep. yeah that was the, the very logo, first thing they ever was made. was like the, the shark jaws. Um, you know, I think it's still on some of the flags today. Yeah. And it was him and another guy in the garage. And then they started getting more orders. And the other guy's like, dude, I don't want to do this. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing it. And the guy's like, okay, that's cool. And then Luther grew it to what it was today. Yeah. Man, the guy's been successful. Uh, doesn't he also in the president bonafide? Is that right? 
Well, he sold uh, Bonafide. Well, he's still on the board. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. But he yeah. sold Bonafide to uh, Big Waters. Okay. All right. So the native company yep. that owns a native owns them now. I have a native, and a, I just picked up a new kayak the 48 hours ago. Um, so I'm pretty pumped about that. We'll talk more about kayaks. I know you guys have owned between the two of you. This is like the only thing I know about you two. <laughs> I don't pre-interview people. <laughs> if you're listening in, I ask, hey, what, what are three things that you guys are good at? And uh, they tell me a few things. And this is like the one thing I know. Between the two of you, you've owned over 35 kayaks, right? I've owned, owned 35 myself. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, between the two of us, we've owned a whole, whole, whole lot. I recently had eight in, in my storage. And now I'm down to six. You guys like professional kayak flippers? Is that how that works? Used to be. You make so much money, bro. Oh, like, yeah. Used to be. So much. Like used to be. at a time. Started, Actually, started in a scrambler, started ended up in a PA. Oh, yeah. So tell me, tell me your, your setup now. I got, I got all kinds of questions. This is Kayak Fishing Obsessed. So let's talk about kayaks. Take a deep dive here. Uh, I want to hear kind of the not every single journey, but tell me, you know, from your beginning to what you got now. And was there one along the way that maybe you sold and you're like, oh, man, I wish I had that back or, or something like that. So. Chris, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Absolutely, man. So my, like I said, my first kayak was the, uh, the plastic mistake. That was the Emotion Co-Motion. Um, and then from there, um, I've had four Tarpon 160s. I've had four PA um, 14s. Hold up. Well, pause for a second. Four? Yeah. Why would any human being own four of the same kayak? Okay, there's different models. All right, gotcha. All right. And right now, my current one is the Tarpon T160i, which is extremely rare to find these days. And I actually found one that doesn't have a single scratch on it. It Ooh. looks like it came right off the showroom floor, and I'm reluctant to use it, although I let a buddy of mine use it. He didn't scratch it, though. <laughs> he was good to it. Um, but, yeah, um, and then, of course, why would you have four PA-14s? You know, um, new models come out. You want to try something different. I actually think that the original model PA-14 is probably the best one that they ever made. I know there's a lot of people that will argue the 360 is the best, and I say, how do you like those bearings? Um, and then I've had every model of Outback, um, actually every Hobie I've had, I've owned, and some of them, most of them at all at the same time. Um, Ocean Kayak, uh, probably five or six different variants of Ocean Kayak. Um Kaku, you name it. No, Drew, we can't hear your AC. Um, <laughs> but uh, right now, um, probably my favorite to use, man, I love my new canoe. I, I got turned on okay. to that just, just to use it on a river trip. And that thing has just been freaking fun, man. Um, I can load anything and everything into that kayak. I could do a river trip. I could go saltwater fishing. I can put a motor on it. I can put pedals on it. It paddles like a pig. Um, and it's it's really but it tracks well but you put two people in it man i know we joke a lot about tandem kayaks being the divorce maker but i have a wife that really can kayak and she's an excellent paddler you take two people that can actually paddle well put them in a tandem and you can do some amazing things um we get on that that frontier and she'll paddle um in the stern while I'm on the bow standing up, sight casting, redfish, and it's just so much fun. Then we'll switch off, and it takes nothing to switch off. It's like you mm. can walk around that thing, dance on it if you want to. Um, the kayak I most wanted to try out this year was the Bonafide uh, SS-127. Yep. And so I did, did pick up one of those. And uh, while it is the most comfortable seat I've sat in, um, it is a bear to fly fish out of. Mm. It really is tough. So um, I probably not going to to use uh, the bonafide 
um, until that deck gets cleaned up a little bit. And I actually saw they released a new version of the Bonafide recently. It looks like a great river kayak, and it might be a little bit oh, yeah. up on the deck. Chad just did a, uh, a review on that. It looked pretty slick. <clears throat> it did look slick, man. I like the, the uh, um, no more hatch on the front, you know, type deal, going to that more open concept. I like. I do like that decision that people are, or manufacturers are making. But, man, why, I wish somebody would bring back the saddle. <laughs> Everything has a chair. I do like the saddle. It's too low. I like to be low. It's too low. You know, that's, I had a... That's the old school paddler in you, though. Yeah. I, I'm not a paddle kayak fisherman. I, I went straight. I skipped the paddle, went straight to pedal power kayak, got myself a native Slayer Propel 10, and had that for a couple of years. I love it. It's a sweet little rig. And then just 48 hours ago, um, I, I saw this listing on uh, Facebook Marketplace. I'm like, oh, man. I'm wanting to get into Bonafides. I think I, I really like I think they're well-made. And I was looking around for, well, their only pedal power kayak, P1 which is a P127, right? Yeah. And so I'm looking around, looking around, like, who's selling one of these? They just, like, they just went live, like, a year ago. And so if you're selling it, I mean, I, I got to get lucky. So I see one in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I'm like, oh, it's three and a half hours away from me. Do I really want to drive and go get this thing? I'm like, it's got to be, it's got to be a deal. Because new out the box, those things are 3,100. And so this one I saw had native sidekick on it. Okay, that's 250. You know, with tax and everything, the guy probably paid oh, 3500 So I'm like, okay, I, if I'm going to drive three and a half hours, it's got to be a good deal. So I was like, hey, will you take take 22 for it? He's like, yep, sure. I was like, holy cow. Like, here we go. So I make the drive, pick this thing up, ends up taking an extra 100 bucks off of it. So it's like 2100 just because it was missing like a small transducer plate on the backside. And I was like, hey, I got to ask, like, how many times you were in this thing? Like once. I was like, why don't you like it? And he pointed over to his other kayak, which was a new canoe. He's like, I just... I just love the new canoe. I got in this thing. I did not like how the seat, how low it sat. And I just think in the back of my mind, I'm going to work with my, my guy over at um, 3D Yak and get some 3D printed seat risers. I'll take care of that real quick. Uh, but the new canoe was his reason for not, for only getting in his P127 once. And you know, to each his own, every, you know, the kayak's got to be good and perfect for you and how you fish and how, how you like to fish. But um, I have never actually put my eyes on a new canoe, out, new canoe outside of that moment. Is it just like open concept? Yeah, is that why it, people it really like this? Is absolutely open there's no you know there's there's small hatches um but they're very very tiny um although once you get them open and start stuffing stuff like on on a river trip i carried all my water inside the hole of my kayak so all of my drinking water was inside the hole so i had like 17 liters that i carried with me um inside the hole um all of my wag bags and trash and everything like that i kept inside the hole so accessible through that little hatch you can put quite a bit inside but yeah it's just a wide open deck front you know stem to stern dude just wide open and mm. very configurable you can put almost anything that you can imagine on that kayak it's really oh, cool. nice i got a question from a listener um i'm not familiar with this kayak maybe you guys are the Shearwater 125 as a beginners what do you think so that's the vibe kayak um there you know as a beginner you're probably not you're not going to be used to very light plastic you know what a kayak is like whenever you have light plastic especially plastic that's here in the in america um, the kayaks that that are made here seem to have a little bit lighter but still have the rigidity and strength the vibe shearwater is made overseas in china and for some reason they have and this is my opinion and i know a lot of people share the same opinion but in china they believe in order to make plastic stronger they have to make it thicker mm. in order to make plastic stronger they have to make it heavier so the the shearwater 125 instantly to me 
is heavy. Now, what are we looking at for say, weight? Do we um, know? My hands say it's too much. <laughs> I picked up quite <laughs> a few. Of I, have a, I have a close Just friend heavy. in. I have a close friend in um, in Tallahassee, and he is a vibe kayak dealer. And every time him and I meet up, whether it be you know here in Texas in Louisiana or or in Florida, um, he's got a, a trailer of vibes uh, um, with him. Right. And I've helped him load and unload plenty of shearwaters. I like the design of the kayak man it looks great looks looks sleek um the whole design looks efficient um, so with um with the seat and everything in it you know seat in it little pot in it rudder and everything you're looking at 109 pounds okay fitted 109 that's heavy that's a heavy yak yeah and it's uh, it's 12 foot six so there's not a whole lot of uh area for that I, to be spread out on that's and, interesting because yeah, i'll go ahead See, they told they, somebody said, "Don't ask me questions, man," because I'll talk forever. <laughs> I got a lot of information in this skull of mine, though. Um, and in order to make a lot of the components work well or work better, um, you do have to. And they may have fixed some of these issues, but like the drive system, whenever they um, first came out with the Shearwater, there was an issue with the drive actually fitting into the drive well. And oh. so, you know that company Yak Gadget? I'm familiar. Yeah. So Yak Gadget made an entire system that adapts so that your your drive uh, will will work better with this kayak, and that added like another thirty pounds or something. Man, it was just so heavy. Yak Gadget, anything Yak Gadget's going to be heavy. I mean, that stuff is just straight up starboard. But anyway, and ahead. that that hundred nine does not count um, if you are uh, thrown in the pedal drive. Oh, okay, got okay. it. So that's another like. 15 pounds yeah yeah that's another 15 20 pounds there now is is the sheer water the worst kayak that you can find for a beginner no there's way worse kayaks than the sheer water out there um i own one so i know <laughs> are you are you going to you own a pelican enjoy... or no you own a scent i own a, a pelican i don't know 10 there you go that, that that's that's not a great one to start with but um if, if you're looking at the pedal drive version of it you know, it, it is a fin drive, but what you've got to realize about these other kayaks that aren't Hobies that are using the fin drives, those fin drives are literally, what did we count up on our show, Chris? Like 25-year-old technology on those fin drives? Well, so it that's is the first very, patent. Well, the, the patent, drive, the patent um, expires after, I think, 21 years. I think that's yeah. what the, the, the listing is on. But anyway... I don't, I'm not too worried about that. You know what I, Drew, you know what I use in my Outback. I take the 180 drive and I sell it because I don't need that stupid thing. I want my old school, I'm using the same one that you love to tell stories about me using as an anchor. And that was 10 years ago. Yeah. I'm still but using I, that same drive. But it's Why not, do you love it so it's much? not 20 something year, it's, it's not 20 something year old technology. Less parts, you know, to break. Um, it's just, it was made a lot stronger. Than, than these new ones are because okay you're always going to sacrifice something whenever you make things lighter mm. okay you're going to sacrifice some strength um somewhere it's just you know there's a give and take whenever you manufacture new new uh, models of anything um although hobie got it right with the the new outback 100 percent the new outback is the best kayak that they've ever made the new Outback's great. If the seat was friggin' oh, higher, the seat that's sucks. the only thing. The yeah. seat sucks. I'm like, I'm like, the seat sucks. The drive sucks. It's the best kayak. <laughs> yeah. You can't the... do, I don't have a Kobe. I never really laid my eyes on one. You can't do mods to get those seats higher. They don't sell adjustable seats for those things. They make. Why would have you no. seen those brackets, Drew? That yeah, they make? they're the seat risers. 
I mean, questionable, you're, man. You're, the, the seat itself is already questionable on the Outback. You put it on some risers, and it's really going to be questionable. Like What's you're questionable. Break, you're going to break something. Yeah, you're going to you break something. Just well, the, the the plastic that's involved with them. Uh, I mean, now they're doing roto molded, but you're gonna you're gonna crack something. The seat design just needs to be fortified and and brought into today's age if they want to stick with this type of kayak. They got it right on the PA. The PA has a wonderful seat. Um, I mean, for goodness sake, you could with the PA you could probably adapt a cappuccino maker and spend all day, you know, <laughs> eating off a charcuterie board and and drinking, you know, foo foo coffee. That thing is so comfy, but <laughs> oh, we got here. I, okay. I like the 2012 model of uh, PA myself. Okay, I love my new canoe Frontier 12, super stable, and I'm in Hobie PA 14. Love it. These are more comments here. PA 14 is uh, great, man. Yeah, the PAs are great. They use them. They they love them. Pelican catch 100. Look at that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on anybody that you know. Make it happen. A pelican. I will hate on you if you paddle a, an ascent though. Sorry, we can't be friends. <laughs> yeah. So that is that the one the one kayak brand you're like, no. I just no, no, honestly, I will not even mention that kayak brand on your show because I don't want to give them any airtime. Uh, <laughs> I think I passed Ascent, six of them going to Bass Pro Shops recently. That's who sells Ascent, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean I mean the one that I think is the absolute worst, I won't mention it on your show because I won't give them any airtime. But Ascend, I just think they're kind of silly. Because for years and years and years, they had probably the most notorious leak. Hatch issues. And, and they never fixed it. Yet, somehow, uh, last year, they um, advertised the Ascend as being the number one sold kayak in America. What? And just like you said, I'm sorry, just like you damn it, how do I do that? Just like <laughs> he said, <laughs> it's because they pump them out of Bass Pro Shops like they're in a gumball machine. Yep. Yep. They figure it's enter there. It must be good. Hmm. Uh, here's a question. I don't know if you guys can answer it. David Chapman, are there 3D printed seat riders for Hobart Passport 12 seat that you would recommend? Or is David, this all aftermarket I don't know stuff? Anything about that, but I cannot wait to get a passport. All right. I know you're going to go to Mexico. Crazy. No, I don't. Come on, man. A Hobie passport. I don't need to leave this great country, United States, that we live in. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. There's, there's not a lot of. Uh... I'm not a big fan of the seat risers in some of these. I don't. I don't think a lot of them need the seat risers. Um, I'm in old towns, and my old towns don't need the seat risers. I don't understand why people get some of the seat risers, especially in the autopilot, because you put that sucker on the high position, and it's like you're, you're sitting in a long it. chair. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're already high. I mean, it may change the angle whenever you're in the big water or something like that. But I just recently ordered a 3D printed uh, steering knob. Um, and I was looking at the seat risers, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think I need, I don't think I need any seat risers for my old towns. 3D printed seating? I mean, I've seen them aluminum, but I've never, I don't think I've ever seen them 3D printed. Oh yeah, they got a whole bunch of 3D printed. There's, there's a bunch of different companies. Navarre Kayak Fishing is one of them. Yak right. Hobby is one of them. Um, they just, if you got some, you know, good materials to use in your 3D printer, and you, you come up with a good idea, you can, you can start a business nowadays. That's a, that's one of the cool things about about our industry is we started out as DIYers. Now we're having guys with some, some cool electronics and 3D printers and stuff that are, that are printing out some, some upgrades. You don't even have to own the 3D printer. You can How's that work? contract that out. Really? Oh, yeah, you come, just concept, coming up with the idea. idea. You're like drop shipping your 3D printed things? Is that how that works? Well, you, you'll uh, send your, your AutoCAD, you know, your file over to, of course, you'll probably have to you know, get an agreement. Uh, you know, sign some sort of uh, 
agreement with that that company. I don't know exactly how it works, but I do know of people that have used that those services before. I think there's a company in Dallas, Texas, that does it too. And but uh, you just send your your AutoCAD file over to them. They print it for you. They send you the you know rough concept or whatever. You refine it, send it back. They keep going back and forth until you have a finished product. Nice. You find a manufacturer. I think it's awesome that this day and age compared to what we were just talking about when I had to get a piece of aluminum from the hardware store to bend myself a fish finder mount that we can go online and there's already someone who's tested something and tried it out as an upgrade like the same year or, you know, right after a new kayak comes out, you can go buy 3D printed seat risers, new steering handles, upgraded latches. Like you can go buy all this stuff on the secondhand market that improves the kayak and not like kill yourself trying to figure it out or needing all this different materials. You just got to have an internet connection to rig out your kayak you, nowadays. You didn't mean secondhand. You meant like third party. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I meant. Third party, so not secondhand. Products, but yeah, new think, new products for new kayaks, but from a third party. You think Rex de Guzman? You think he uh, misses making DIY videos? I think he does. I think we need to buy Rex a 3D printer, and we could have so much cool stuff that comes out for for cameras and. Hats I don't know and if everything. you know this guy or if you've seen his uh, YouTube channel, um, but Rex Del Rey or, or his alter ego, Tex Del Rey. Okay. Um, the dude's hilarious, but he used to do tons of DIY videos. Like every weekend was a new DIY video. What's his, what's his YouTube called? Live Live? Or is yeah, that... Live Live, Fresh Fish. Yeah, he's got it. Have you ever seen the action hats? The hats that have the mount built into them for your uh, GoPro. For your no, GoPro. but now that you said it, I'll get like 16 ads every time I walk through. Oh, yeah for, yeah, for action hats. Action <laughs> hats are awesome. If, if you're trying to record, go buy an action hat. You don't have to drill a hole in your favorite hat and put a <laughs> piece of yeah, backing back there. It actually floats. It's right. already got mounting brackets on it. It's already, All you got to do is put your camera on, and screw it on, and you're ready to go. Right here. Yeah. Action hats are great. That back in the day, the head thong strap and everything else. And I don't know how you, you guys feel about it. It may be different for the, and I, I don't want to sound like an old man or like I've been doing this for freaking ever, but like the newer generation of kayak fishermen and the newer generation with these videos, they're used to the chesty mount. Mm. So people like that chesty mount. I freaking hate that view because really? literally, yeah, well, all you hear is heavy breathing and you hear, oh, it's huge, it's huge. And then you, you see their hands. Like all I see is your hairy freaking uh, wrist right there and half of your reel. And you're like, it's huge, it's huge, it's a huge fish. Where if you use something like the action hat, I can see everything. I can actually see the fish jumping in front of you and not just your freaking hairy knuckles. Like I can, I can see everything. So I am not a fan of the chest amount so i would behoove anyone who likes to get out there and get good uh point of view action to go at least look at the action hat it's it's to me it's a lot better than the chesty mount by right. by far i'm guilty as charged i'm a chesty chest mount guy but i i actually put an adapter on it that pushes it up to like right here um it's actually how i run my shorts video so i actually turn it sideways and so i use it more mostly for b footage you're not hearing my breath all the time but so you don't see my, my, my hands. It actually gets it up. But well, good. I, I just don't, I don't like something on my head. I don't know why. Maybe the action hat is hat. the answer for you me. Don't wear a hat I wear a hat. Well, there you but go. I don't want to wear, I don't, I want to wear my hat. I have lucky hat. Whenever you get the hero shot, you got to switch hats. Yeah. I will check it out. I will check out the action. Yeah, just check it out. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you were, what you're saying a moment ago when it comes to just how the, the industry has evolved. And I'm thinking, I was looking for, the seat is kind of low, and it's not adjustable in the P127. So I, I'm looking around, like, okay, are there 
don't know if you guys ever seen that kayak, but they have thumb screws for the front of the seat. Mm-hmm. And then underneath the seat, there's two aluminum gear tracks that nothing connects to. Like the back half of the seat doesn't connect to it. So it is still a mystery to me why there are gear tracks underneath the seat because nothing I've is on, on them. One. I've used one, but I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah it's bizarre. I notice it. But the good news is um, I work with a guy on Facebook um, and he's, he's made up some 3D things like, hey, do you got any P127 seat risers? Because it's going to need something to attach to in the back, likely. And he's like, yeah, just send me the measurements. So cool. That's where we're at now. Yeah, just that's like, awesome. send me the measurements and I'll, I will literally print you what you need. Mm-hmm. Like, this is awesome. That is awesome. And I think it's funny that you say that the P127, the seed is kind of low. Um, you're talking to two guys that when we started kayak fishing, like the bottom deck of the kayak there was the no... seat. <laughs> that was uh, the Jackson seat. Kayak it was, was lower one. than the deck. <laughs> At that time, ja- Jackson Kayak was one of the first companies to come out with a seat that wasn't inside the kayak or the PA, the PA 14 or the PA 12 had a seat on top. Everybody else was taking boat seats and adapting them to their kayaks mm-hmm. um, in order to get a chair to sit right. in rather than sit inside. So it's just it's just funny to me that you're like the seat's low. Like no, that's high. Like that's good. No, right I get there. I get it. I have a a Ruba ten, and you're like you're sitting in the water. But mm-hmm. I went when I was doing research. I was like I'm going to go all in on my first kayak, which all in to me was the native Slayer Propel ten. So I'm going pedal. I'm skipping paddle. I'm going to a straight up seat, and I put seat risers on it, and I haven't looked back. Um, so I like, I like being a little high. What, what happened on my native Slayer was I put seat risers on it and the little, the plastic bar that it sits on. Um, I think the design of it was pushed back a little hard and I sat back in that thing hard and it cracked my kayak, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, right out of stress, really kind of pressure, pressure point, which I learned a lesson on how to, you know, basically repair a fishing kayak. So, uh, but I was like, okay, I need to keep that in mind. But when I look at the P127, I'm like, okay, there's not a lot of places here where this thing can crack. This thing is built like a. Like yeah, like those a, bona fides are built well. Yeah, they it spent is. spent some time. Yeah, they did. They did a good job. They did a good job. Hey, uh, I, I want to go back to a question that you asked that we didn't answer. What was it? And I'll ask Drew first, and then I'll, I'll throw mine out there. The kayak that you regret getting rid of. Oh, there we go, yeah. Mm, I can tell you one I regret buying. That was that Jackson <laughs> Superficial. I freaking <laughs> hated that thing. That thing was horrible. I couldn't well, even go the against the tide. First off, it does, there shouldn't be any wrong conditions for a kayak to paddle, actually no, paddle. That's a paddleboard. Yeah, I know. But I mean, it was superficial. It was a you hybrid. Have, hybrid. It's superficial. That's right. Yeah, it so was you a don't hybrid. Have one that you regret selling. One that you miss. Um, I don't know if there's one that I miss though, Chris. I'm really, really in love with my with my big water. Like, I really, really like that kayak a lot. Like, that is my so favorite is kayak so far. If you got rid of that one, you might miss it. Yeah, if I got rid of the Big Water, the Big Water 132, I would miss that one mm-hmm. um, 100%. I really like the way it handles in the marsh. Um, stands up. When I stand up, I get a good glide just with a few paddle strokes while standing up. It You can take the rudder, and it has a tension knob, so I can t- tighten down my tension knob on my rudder where it keeps me straight, so it's going to track really, really well. Even if I'm bumping into stuff with my rudder, my rudder will not turn left or right because I can tighten down the tension knob on it. Um, paddles well. It's fast just by funny. pedaling. It turns well. It's got little nooks and crannies where, Chris, you were talking about the new canoe where you really like the open stuff where you yeah, can put your stuff like and tough. configure it. Okay. I like mine 
Yeah, I like mine where I have a cup holder here, a cup holder here, I got a nook here, I got a nook here, and then I can put my stuff exactly where I want it. I like the more like Tupperware type kayaks where it has little bitty nooks and crannies for me to put everything instead of the big open. I like to have compartments everywhere. I like the autopilot where it has different little compartments on the left, right, where I can lift up the little storage hatch and put things there. And there's a little nook on the side for my tackle box. I like stuff to have those I'm going to call them creature comforts, but I like little knockouts and cutouts and things like that where Chris likes an open deck. Would you have purchased a Predator? I did have a Predator. It's the same boat. It is, but it didn't have the pedal drive. So the only thing about the Predator that I didn't like is it didn't have the pedal drive. And it was a more (laughs) – back then, the Predator did not have the same – did not have the same things on on the left. and didn't have pockets and things like that. Old Town has made leaps and bounds with their new products. They were oh, a, a dying ton. breed. Well, they weren't. Old Town was not a dying breed because, of course, they they pretty much own the canoe market you know, mm. with some other guys. But they really do own the canoe market, especially in big box stores. But man, they really have um, come a long way. The one I wish I would have never gotten rid of, and all the listeners, the thousand people that are going to watch this stream or listen, tens of thousands, even. I'm going ahead and calling the shot right now. Tens of thousands that are going to listen to this episode. Find me an original old school Scupper Pro, please, because I sold mine like I don't know how many years ago, and I miss that kayak the most. Does Norton still about, have his? Who? Nate. Oh yeah, Nate will never ever. He ever won't sell it to you though. Hmm. Oh, I don't want his. No. Um, who knows what what he's done inside that kayak? Um, but you were talking about twenty six inches wide. That is the twenty six inch wide kayak. That's a skinny kayak. I'm looking at it. And it is a rocket ship, dude. You get it on glide, and it is on glide for days. Um, It's amazing, man. Love to fish out of it. So many times, you know, you take a picture with a fish in your lap, and it looks huge. (laughs) (laughs) So so skinny. 22 inches wide. It's hanging over both ends. It's like, dang, look at that bull red. And Chris is like, that's a 26-inch fish. I took a picture of a flounder in my lap, and people were like, oh. Saddle blanket, doormat, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, damn, it was like 20 inches long. Yeah, <laughs> Just perspective. Yeah, I love yeah. it. You got fishing with Gramps in the house. He's an old-time pilot guy, auto autopilot. He was talking about it on the show a few weeks ago, and he almost had me sold. Dude, it's a Cadillac. Yeah. I, it's I, a Cadillac. I love it's a it. Cadillac. I, I love it. <laughs> I did not snag an old town this year because I knew my boy Drew was going to jump on one. And I was like, you know what? This is my chance to try the Bonafide. And it was it is a great kayak. It's is sturdy, man. Mm. But yeah, that's that's the one thing about it. It's heavy. What, it's I like 136 be, pounds. Nothing. In I would it. beat him in a race, though. You would. I mean, you were you were getting it, but I had a remote. That's the thing. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. you can you can do it. But I could stand up. I could stand up and do. You know, I could be like Titanic and stand on the front of it and be like do 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 do, and I can turn like and go left and go right, and I can go. I can go everywhere. You know, that's that's uh. I was I called Chad Hoover up and I was like, hey. I'm thinking about getting a P127. I know you had one. You did some of the promo stuff on it. Like, what do you what do you think? And he's like, why do you want to buy a pedal kayak? Why don't you just get a motor? I was like, it got me thinking. I didn't have a really great question, a very great answer for him in the moment. But afterwards, I was like, you know what? I'm 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 pushing 42, and I I need that exercise. I just need it. What do they say? 350, 350 calories an hour, and I'm out for eight hours. I mean, I I I like that part of it. I'm super sore after you know six seven hours on the water. You can always put a motor on a P127. You can. You can, but I, you know, I, I kind of have this, this view of you're going to buy a pedal kayak. I mean, here's the thing. It all depends where you fish, right? I don't, I'm not on super big lakes, so there's really no need for where I'm up here in northeast Ohio. 
to be rolling with a with a motor. Um, so I could, for me personally, I understand that. I mean, if I ever were to get a motor, I'd probably get you know Newport, throw it on the back, run the battery to the front, so I could balance out the P127. Um, but we will see. I'm pumped about it, guys. Keep you guys are super easy to talk to. We're at 55 minutes. Oh, we can go another. 50. I, see, we, we I, I, I know you, you can. Now I know why. I know why your podcasts are so long because it's like so easy going. We can go as long as you want to go. Hey, we don't have to stop in an hour. I ain't well, got that's not to true. Do. His wife is uh, expecting <laughs> expecting cuddle time here in five minutes. So uh, <laughs> here, I got a question. Got I'm gonna dogs. switch. I'm gonna switch gears on you. Wildflower 85. Um, good info to hear on gear. Help get good footage. What's the next step in my kayak fishing, which is kind of the next step for him? Any recommendations on straightforward video editing There's software? There's a lot of questions there. There's there is a lot questions. of questions. And I know mm-hmm. some guys, you know, were using Filmora. I know Fishing with Gramps wrote me recently, and they, you guys heard that kind of debacle where they canceled their lifetime um, memberships. If you bought one, they kind of reneged on it. So curious what you guys use. Share me through your, your videos. Do you, do, you, do you video your fishing? No. I am now. I, I'm okay. all set up now. I'm all set up to go now. But he's not going to like my answer at all. I, I, I'm using Premiere Pro. So, I'm using Premiere Pro as well. Yeah. It's only $10 a month, man. Yeah. Spend, spend the extra time. You're already, if you're a fisherman, you're probably already watching a little bit of YouTube on fishing. You're watching, obviously, you're watching YouTube. You're watching us right now. Um, so next Wednesday, next Thursday, obviously not on Tuesday. Don't do it on Tuesday. But go watch a video on simple editing on Premiere Pro. Learn learn the Cadillac. Like, go ahead, spend a little bit of money, spend a little bit of time, learn the Cadillac. That way, if you do enjoy it and you do like, you know, producing your videos, you're not going to have to upgrade and learn something new. You're going to start out with the Cadillac. So I would suggest the Premiere. You guys are absolutely spoiled right now. You know, the first video I ever edited in Premiere was Premiere 3.5. I think, and this was back in like 2001, and it was a motorcycle video, and it took me a month to learn how to use that stupid program, and cost me $675. Nowadays, it's one-click editing. It just really does all the tricks for you. so easy, and you don't have to pay $675 to find out if you like it. Yeah, and to I find mean, out if it's hard to use. Shane's talking about so, iMovie. iMovie's a good one. It's something that's super simple. But you're, I mean, you're also, you're also super limited on what you can do with with those. I mean, you're super like duper limited. Yeah, it's the same thing like Chris just said with Movie Maker. Buy the Premiere Pro, learn how to use it, and you won't have to use any other program ever again because Premiere Pro isn't going anywhere. Here's what's awesome about Premiere Pro. Also, you pay the ten dollars a month, you get to use it on your computer, your wife's computer your friend's computer, your cell phone. You can log in because it's, it's web-based. It's a web app. Mm. You're not downloading anything. It's web-based. You can log in from your phone, have the app on your phone, log in, edit a video right there. Most of the small clips and stuff that I put out there, I like to edit them and just right there on my phone. Um, reels and things. Before I put a reel on, on um, what's that other thing called? Instagram. <laughs> 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 I'm sitting here trying to sound like I'm, I know my shit and I'm like, I can't even remember the name of the stupid social media platform, but I will put them through, uh, you know, Premiere Pro or even pictures. I pay the $10 a month for, um, for Lightroom. Um, okay. I mean, I'm more into photography than I am videos. I, I love photography. And people spend more than $10 a month at the gas station getting their favorite for drink. For tacos. Yeah. I spend right? that a day. Ten dollars a day. About <laughs> Drew is the a gas month. station taco king. And, and I was gonna say, if, if since we're on the along the lines of this, <clears throat> what I've kind of found over, 
and it's just been recently like i've really just wanted to start doing more video footage in the past like three or four months um and really dedicate a little bit of time because you have to dedicate some time to it is the yak attack boomstick mm-hmm. is the best it's the best camera mount it used to be the railblazer camera mount used to be the gold standard the yak attack boomstick if you're wanting that over the shoulder look the way that it's built the lock and load system that is the way to go you're not going to convince me i bought a ram mount and i tried the ram mount version of it it was not great um dog bones just yeah yeah it was not great it was very shaky it wasn't stable the yak attack mount the boomstick is the way to go for the over the shoulder if you want the point of view shot go ahead and get you an action hat or do a chesty with 12 and a half extensions and make sure you don't get your hands in the picture because then i'm gonna gonna not watch it Um, fish for hero shots yeah and then that like you said the panfish the panfish portrait or the regular panfish is great that's another yak attack product but what i have found that has really changed the way that i am videotaping especially for my over the shoulder is taping where are you from 1970 my youtubing my content creation (laughs) is that what i should say um is there is a battery pack called the refuel you can hook it up to your gopro i have a 10 so you can hook it up to your gopro 10 it gives you nine hours of recording if you buy a 250 gigabyte card or 256 card that gives you like 15 hours worth of 1080 recording you have that nine hour battery pack on your gopro if you're out for a nine hour day because well you have about an hour or two hours on the actual battery that's inside the the camera as well so you got about 11 hours of battery did you say two hours in the internal battery yeah for each internal battery it's about two hours generous i get like 50 minutes i get about two i get about two are you recording 4k no, I'm recording 1080 because I can't edit in 4K. There's no use to, there's no use to record in it does, 4K. It does take a beefy computer. Yeah, it. my computer will just sit there and have a stroke if I try to edit in 4K. <laughs> so I just shoot in 1080p. Because well, I do not. But most people are only watching in 1080 anyway. Um, but you get that battery pack. You get the bigger card. You get um, it turned on. Turn it on when you start fishing, and you don't have to turn it off. Like that was my but biggest then you gotta thing. Go find, you got to go find the footage. From an eight-hour day. You say that, but you Why don't know you what you do. Why you turn on and say GoPro record whenever you're ready to? Because you never know when that fish is going to hit. So you GoPro record, record your whole day. Catch a fish, get your hero shot. GoPro, stop recording. GoPro stops recording. GoPro, start recording. You turn it immediately back on. Your fish is at the end of that segment every single time. So you don't have to go back through a whole long nine hours worth of fishing. You just have to go back five minutes from the end of each clip. See, I always see my fish before I catch them. So, <laughs> I mean, he hey, laughs. Look, hey, listen to hey. Where, I can't. I need to learn how to point my damn fingers. <laughs> I, I, I am not about structure fishing or fishing deep or, you know, I nine times out of ten, I would say nine point nine times out of ten, I see the fish before I catch them. I'd say seven, eight out of ten times I see it. But my initial thought, Chris, isn't. Ooh, there's a fish. GoPro, start recording. GoPro, right. start recording. And then I got to keep paddling across to try to find that fish. Like, if I take my eyes off of him, I'm, I'm screwed. Generally, my, my thought is GoPro, take a hike. Well, see, I that's just... that's what I'm saying. If you, if you buy the battery pack, you get the bigger card, you get the boom stick, you put it out behind you, you turn it on at the start of the day, and you're done. You, you have footage. Now, with my camera on my action hat i'll turn that one on and off because it's right there i just hit the button and, and i'm ready to go but it, it really it really helps with me sucking at turning the camera on and off uh, can't you highlight as well 
GoPro highlight. Mm-hmm. And it'll yeah. it'll just stop keeps it right the spot. There. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of make a mark. There's another way to do it. You know, I have I have the the boomstick for Miyak Attack. My only issue with that thing, and it's not. I mean, if you have under a seven black, you're not going to have great stabilization. That thing moves around. So if you have a seven black or or north tens, I mean, once they get up in those numbers, those things are awesome for stabilization. Yeah. But my only issue about the boomstick is at the bottom. There's a weak point down there. And I, it, I just caught a tree once, a little bit, snapped that thing, and my GoPro went in the water, and now it has a forever red light on it. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I know. It's like, How okay, fast were you going? I wasn't going that fast. I was just kind of cruising. It just caught. It just, I mean, so a little bit of pressure. If you're not paying attention with that boomstick, it's going to snap at that weak point at the bottom. So that's going to be any, mm. any manufacturer of products like that because the point at which you attach your product to your kayak that is probably the weakest point it's just using a quarter 20 screw so yak attack products do use a through bolt so it goes all the way through the entire um, assembly um, i'm not sure i'm trying to think of where that weak point might be it might it's be off the, the it's off the through bolt when it gets to the heavy of the yeah. oh where um, the where the gear where the uh, the gear round gear the through bolt okay. right when it starts to go it's like a little thin that. piece of plastic that kind of rainbows over and then it goes really thick um, so th- there's a way to make sure it doesn't do that. Um, it's just, and that, I just I mean, don't I bought trees. another one. Don't hit trees. <laughs> don't hit trees. Watch where you're going. Pay attention. All those things. Um, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's Akatak's fault. But I'm just saying the amount of pressure I put on that for it to snap, the big bummer, especially if you're running a 10 when they're 400 bucks and they drop that in the water. God, it was a big, it was a big bummer. Anyways, we got people, I have a GoPros, they have problems with overheating. KPF. Well, I've never had issue with one overheating. I purchased a um, the new uh, DJI. Um, golly, now I can't even remember the dang name of it. The new Osmo. tiny one. Yeah, the, but it's the Action, the Action Two, which is sort of the small size of like a session, mm. but it's it's highly. I mean, it's super techy, man. Has tons of of technology built into it. But that thing, they all overheat. It's 4K video. To be able to capture 4K video True. just takes you know extreme amounts of power. Um, and now they got cameras that are capturing 5K and 8K. So you know, good luck being able to run those cameras, um, you know, at a regular interval without them overheating. But the cameras can capture it. But can you edit that? And what is what is everybody it watching lot, it on? Like I'm not First, watching 4K video on YouTube on my phone while I'm using the bathroom. Like. It's 1080i is good enough for me. The first time I uh, processed 4K video was about four years ago, and it took like a day and a half for a 30-minute clip. Jeez. For it to render? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm rolling through YouTube, and when I see 4K next to it, it doesn't make me want to watch it anymore or any less. <laughs> There's no, no determining factor whether or not I click that video. The only thing, the only thing on YouTube that gets me is if I see your ad and it interrupts the middle of my oh. uh, video, I'm less likely to purchase anything that you're selling. Like <laughs> I'm way less unless likely. You're, unless you're uh, subscribed to YouTube Red, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, and I'm not subscribing to anything. Oh, well, you gotta pay. Saying. What is it? Twelve bucks? Get, and you get rid of all the ads? Yeah, you're you're gonna get ads unless you're subscribed to their premium service. Yeah, but or if, if, if the content creator creator says I don't want those in the middle. Yeah. They can they can override if they want to. Bro, I know nothing about YouTube. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I absolutely here's what I hate the most. Those in the middle, especially if it's a long video, I get it. Like they break it up. That's how they make their money. They spent umpteen hours creating the thing. The thing that irritates the crap out of me is when those long rectangle boxes pop up. Oh, when you're watching the YouTube, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it's the first thing. I don't even look at it. I just go up and hit the X. And so I refuse to put those on my videos. 
um, because I hate them so much. And I don't care if they would make me money or not. They just drive me crazy. What, what, what gets me is when, like, you're watching a fishing video or something and the guy's like, look over there to the left. You can see they're tailing. You can see the tails come up. Guys, sneak up here. Sneak up here. And then you have whopper, whopper, double whopper, <laughs> double, triple, double whopper. And it's like the commercial comes on and it's so freaking loud that it startles you. You drop your phone on the scale beside you in the bathroom. Like you're just scared to death because somebody's sitting there screaming while you were intensely so looking twice, at your phone been, trying to see these redfish. So far twice you've been watching YouTube on the toilet. That's the only place I watch YouTube. It's the only place that's calm and quiet in my house and I can concentrate on something. <laughs> Drew escapes seven times a day to, to the drone. <laughs> exactly. I've been doing a lot better, though, man. I should have had my – we'll talk about this on our next show, Chris, but I should have went to the doctor a long time ago. You, Hey, if you're interested in hearing a lot about how Drew uh, evacuates his colon, um, at least once an episode. Yes, sign up. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look. Where, where do I sign up? Fishing with Gramps is on my side over here. On Spotify. What's he saying? <laughs> Fishing with Gramps. We must get the same commercials. He's on the one where it's like, expired, 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 expired. Don't become your parents. Like, I, we're, we're on the same. We get the same. We get the same ads in ours. That's for sure. I don't have sure. that annoyance at all, man. I just don't watch YouTube. That? I'm sorry, guys. I can't. I can't relate. Well, this no. is on Hulu, too. That Those, those commercials come on Hulu a lot as don't well. Don't watch Hulu either. You know, before I started um, doing kind of YouTube videos, I hated watching videos. I just didn't want to do it. Uh, I don't know why. There's something about it. And here I am, years later, doing the content creation thing, hoping everybody, hoping there's not a lot of people out there who are like me. Um, so I don't know. I still don't like watching them. The only time I will watch YouTube videos is when I'm getting ready to have someone on my show. And I'm going through all this stuff, trying to figure out, okay, I'm trying, trying to gonna figure them out. About? What questions? Yeah, what are we going to talk about? What's, I mean, to be honest with you guys, I went through your... Your, your 74, 77 episodes, and we didn't get to a single question <laughs> that I had for you. I probably had 10 questions. Like, I want to talk about this show. I want to talk about when you had well, Cyphers on. I want to talk about. Let's do the lightning round. So, we'll, we'll the light, okay, light, lightning, lightning round. round. One sentence about whatever question for me and Chris. We're only going to give you one sentence, no commas, Chris. Like, we're not going to, it's not going to be a run on sentence. I'll we try, get buddy. One I'll sentence try. to answer the question. Let's see. Right, I guess Let's see what he has. Question number one Best show you've ever done on the Pathers Playbook? Ooh, that's a that's a hard one. What was your favorite show, Chris? The one that never made it to the air because Drew forgot to hit record. Sorry about the comma. <laughs> we it did it twice. Like Semicolon. We you did can't it twice. That. I, I think can't recreate it. Yeah, it's but it was the greatest show ever. We, we had started such over. A fantastic time. We recorded it again, but I swear, what it was doomed from the very beginning because we told our guests that we would start at eight o'clock, but Ooh, there yeah. on the East Coast. So they were waiting in StreamYard for an entire hour before we got there. And then Drew forgot to hit record. Yeah, we were about an hour in, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. I wish and we, we did a two-hour show with them. Wow. Yeah, that was, that was tough. But I that think was, my, my favorite show that I learned the most was when we had, um, uh, what was Mr. Benet's first name? Shane. Uh, Shane. When we had Shane Benet on where he was talking oh, no. about the – hatchery system or the hatchery program Very, the yeah. texas hatchery program um was talking about oysters like we got into we got into some science science stuff that i really yeah. i really enjoyed it yeah that was you probably know, my favorite episode because i learned the most on that episode uh, and i think that that makes things my favorite i like things that are either entertaining sports wise or i can learn something so right. that one that one was my favorite all right this was becoming one of my favorites though i like to bs man and be told I can only talk in single sentences. <laughs> One sentence answers. 
All right, let's go to lightning. Uh, that single sentence went to like a few paragraphs, but it's all right. I think I already answered this one. What's the worst kayak you've ever owned? So I'm going to skip that one. Let's go lightning round number three. Best fishing advice you've ever received. It was on the episode that Chris is talking about that I screwed up on the recording. And what was our man's name that's on that episode? Harry. Harry. Harry said that he would tell his clients, hey, I know you guys have already booked this trip with me, but uh, cast are free. So cast as much as you can. Like, if you're out on the water, cast. Like, take that extra cast. And with me getting into more tournament fishing last year, this year, cast. Like, cast and cast and cast. Now, there is some old adage where people are talking about, and Chris is probably going to bring it up. Hold on, you know, hold on. Don't paddle more. Don't do that because, because paddle, paddle more and cast less. Well, I'm here to tell you I like the uh, I like doing it the other way. I used to do it the way Chris is saying. A lot more paddling, a lot less casting. We have found more success last year with casting more, grinding it out, you know, never never feeling like I left a cast out there. But I know Chris Chris will tell you something completely different and I think that's why our show has worked for so long is a lot of people say it's that yin, yin and yang, that right. difference of opinions here. So Chris, go ahead. First, best advice, and so, then tell me why I'm wrong with the cast more. Well, on, uh, can I answer this two different? Because honestly, there's two. This one one here. sentence stuff ain't working. This ain't even yeah. a lightning round. No. This is like a distant <laughs> thunderstorm round. First, but look, you're, you're talking to salties here, not freshies. Yeah, we, I, I hear you. Tend to be a little long winded, but um, honestly, the probably best fishing advice I ever received as a youngster was shut up and fish. You know, um, I learned that lesson a long, long time ago, and it works. But in, in a more professional setting, um, Coach Sonny Mills, who is a, a Texas coastal um, redfish nut just like us, he had a very piece of sound advice for me, and it was paddle more, cast less. There you go. <laughs> and, and I have used that, um, and it has worked out fantastic for me. I will paddle, 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 not afraid to put in the miles until I find the perfect scenario, the perfect situation that suits my fishing style, and I'll hammer it. And it's it's worked out, man. Drew, I got to say, well, first before I give my kind of where I'm at, hey, everyone listening in, where you at? Cast more, paddle less, or the inverse? Let us know in the comments down there. Drew, I'm with you. I see fishing in terms of um, percentages. And if my lure's not in the water, I'm not catching a fish. So I don't know. I, I, I have a tendency to side with Drew, just my personal, but um, cast more. Here we go. See what we got here. Cast, cast more. more. Jason. On, on a lot the of thing. freshies, though. A lot of freshies are listening. Yeah. You know, and and, and uh, saltwater sight fishing is way different. It, it is very, very different. Yeah, and it, I invite any of the listeners to come on down. We'll go take a sight casting trip, and you'll see what I'm talking about. And... and I want to say that it's not remote, there you go. remote cruise there you control go, Grant. steering. Cast twice as much. Hey, Fish Gramps, smarter, not harder. That's what Gramps, Gramps, Gramps is talking about the autopilot, and that is yeah. what the autopilot will do to you. You can set that sucker on a half speed, or you can set it yeah. on a one. Drew, you can Drew's use your feet to control year, yourself, and you can Drew's throw. complaining and throw. About, about his, his, uh, his weight was creeping up on him. He wasn't feeling good. His joints were hurting, all different kinds of ailments and things like that. He's like, I need to exercise. So what does he go do? He buys an autopilot. <laughs> I still have the pedal drive. I still have the PDL. We, we got out and did the tournaments GRS like, this year in the PDL. Exercise, but I also need an autopilot. 
Yes, the autopilot is is a lot better. And on the cast more, I'm, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking about casting more on quality areas. I'm with Chris on go find quality areas to fish. Right. But I I think where I had trouble before. Um, where I did not have as much success fishing. You was, were in one spot. I was, was casting it, grind it, grind it, grind on one it, spot, trying to grind it, grind it, grind it, grind it. Whereas I would see like a drain, a marsh drain coming out. I would I fish to... that drain for two or three hours. Where now I'm starting 250 yards from that marsh drain. I'm casting the entire shoreline to the marsh drain, going past the marsh drain. And I'm going 100 yards past that area, and I'm just casting and casting, and I'm covering that whole area a lot better. And then I'm moving on to my next area. I will, I will have to say something, though. This year, Drew, and I'm going to say it on, on the uh, Kayak Fishing Obsessed podcast, Drew was gifted an area where he learned so much this year, him and his brother. This area was, man, it's been fished by some very successful fishermen in the, in the past years. And it was a perfect storm. That's not the only area where we won money from, though. But but I'm, I'm going to tell saying, you that. I'm just saying that area. And you know where? I, see, it didn't take much. He knew what I was talking about. It, it he was able to learn a lot of different techniques, a lot of different uh, scenarios, and and um, a lot of us stayed away and just let him kill it out there. <laughs> and it's it's a good thing because he was able to apply some of those, a lot of those techniques where he did used to just sit in one spot and wait basically for the, the I guess you would wait for the tide to change or, or current to start moving in. And, and you knew that fish were going to come around that bend. There was some structure there, but just grind it, grind it, grind it. But now you, you figured out, well, they don't just stage or they don't just move through those areas. They stage in other areas mm-hmm. um, on points. They stage on points. Um, you know, they, they might sit in, in uh um, muddy areas, you know, where they're digesting food, and you could just get there and piss them off. And guys, we're only we're just talking about redfish right now. We're just yeah. talking about redfish. Yeah, that's but, all we do. We we hey, do redfish. What red everybody fish. always tells me is that if you can catch redfish, if you're a red fisherman, if you are afflicted with the redfish, you can also catch the greenfish. How'd that go for you, Mister Buckets? <laughs> hey, I did good in the tournament. One of the tournaments I fished, I got fifteenth out of ninety-seven. How many people hey. have told you though that if you can catch redfish, you can catch bass? They always say they're a lot alike, always say it. except for in the summertime. Bass fishing in the summertime sucks, like especially in Texas. It sucks. Oh, like, it's 110 degrees. It's horrible bass fishing in Texas. It's That's like, a fish temperature. For, pre-spawn is my jam. I can fish pre-spawn for bass all day, but you get in the summertime, I'm freaking lost. And then by the fall, the redfish are running, so I'm I'm way out of the out of the fresh water. I'm down there on the coast. Yeah, you know, I was a little I was a little uh, irritated when you first got on because you asked me if we can hear your AC. I'm up here and my legs are frozen. And you're asking if I can hear you hear your AC. Bro, it's 79 degrees. Dude, where at. yeah, kidding me. I got my AC on. In Actually, my shop. I think it might have hit 80 today. Gosh, it was a lot of us. A lot of us right now hate you. All right, let's look. Let's I'm go over here and see some of these uh, these comments. Um, Shane, cast more, cover more water, saltwater, and be efficient. Appropriate times, ties in different. Here we go, Steven. Don't need a perfect boat position to kayak. Take a few extra casts. We'll take an ugly drift. There we go. Or cast more, paddle less. But I, I, I think I agree with you. I think I, I, majority of people watch my show are freshwater fishermen. Um, here, I don't troll. I like trolling a lot. Let me see what else we got here. You can't troll quite as much for redfish. No, they're you know primarily shallow, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, we're fishing two foot or less most right. of the time. Right. You can't. Yeah. Most of the time. You can't say that they're primarily shallow though. You go to Florida where it drops into, you know, fifteen twenty feet almost automatically. <laughs> 
And plus, you're dealing with what were we talking about yesterday? Ten foot Ten changes foot tide in tides. Oh, yeah, we're going. We're doing a, a Florida trip to fish the Elite Redfish Series there in Jacksonville in April, and we're looking at places. And Chris is like, "Well, if we fish over here, it could be a ten foot." change in tide for the day and over here it'll be four a six foot change or four and i'm like eh, that'll get the fish moving a little bit if there's a, a ten bit. foot difference in Jeez. difference in water so I you guys almost every year and three foot tidal swings are what i'm used to whenever i fish florida in texas we're happy if we get 10 inches mm. yeah like a foot and a half two foot is a big, big tidal deal. swing yeah hmm. so being down there in texas you guys connected with i just had him on my show recently texas fishing force you guys, you both Mike love Ashworth. the redfish. Mike Ashworth, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's he's literally right down the road from me. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's he's not far from me at all. And in fact, when when uh, Drew mentioned that, I went and listened to that show, and I realized, man, I I have I don't I'm not the big YouTube fan, um, and but I do recall watching a couple of his YouTube videos from way back when. Um, he pretty much covers a lot of the areas that we fish, and he likes to talk about techniques that he uses to fish those areas. So um, back whenever I was absorbing as much as I could from, you know, YouTube here and there, uh, he was one of those guys. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm more into to his tattoo work than I am into his I know, right? Work. Yeah. He had a video on that recently. It took around his shop, and I was like, man, that guy's talented. Pretty cool. He's got some awesome stuff, that's for sure. Yeah. Right, so that was, uh, that was lightning round. Question four. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I got, I got, I'm going to skip number number four because I know the answer to that one. Number five is the last question. We haven't talked about any of this. This question is totally off subject. What is your favorite small business lure company? I like Bugs. If y'all don't know what Bugs lures are. Bugs? Is it literally BugsLures.com? B-U-G-G-S. B-U-G-G-S because it's a saltwater thing. Also, uh, Four Horsemen Popping Corks, I think. Would, those would be my two that I actually use. That's and, tackle, though. That's not lure. Well, yeah. I mean, do you consider it's terminal tackle? Is a pop and cork a lure? Terminal tackle, but it's tackle. What's the difference? Well, terminal means it's at the end. The pop and cork is kind of at the end. A <laughs> swivel ain't at the end. That's terminal tackle. Uh, How? What is yeah, the end? The last maybe, one of your line is the end. Yeah. Hey, listeners, what's the answer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know terminal. Tell, like, tell people who've been doing this for a decade. Hey, what, what's what's terminal tackle? <laughs> I mean, a terminal in an airport is like where the connections happen. So, well, maybe that's what it is. But anyway, I don't know. Uh, Pop and cork is just to me, it's just tackle. But uh, bugs and four horsemen. Bugs, bugs is fantastic. One of my favorites is Long Gone. Um, but they were existed both in the fresh and the saltwater world, and they were attracts a t t r a x x. Okay. Um, attracts lures, and uh, they had a feeding stimulant that was as good as what Gulp uses. And uh, their their product did not shrink. Um, And I'm not talking bad about Gulp at all because they are the most winningest soft plastic in the entire world. And I use them religiously. But, um, yeah, Attrax was was something special, man, for a while. But they're defunct. They're gone. I bought them out of their stock. And I have currently probably a 1,000 packages of soft plastics. Jeez. And I don't know what to do with them. I'm sure there's other guys out there looking for them. You could probably. I, I should probably put them on eBay because I need to clear my storage out big time. So uh, terminal tackle, are you guys ready for this? Yep, Gear that is attached to the end of a fishing line. But it's not the end. The hook's on the end. That's, that's Wikipedia, man. I don't know what to it, tell you. It says, I know, thus but, but it's a swivel. Oh, I always thought of it. A, terminal a swivel's tackle. terminal tackle. That's just tackle. 
Well, here we go. Look, look it up on Pure Fishing. I bet that some bitches under it's terminal tackle. Yeah. It's not just hooks. Hooks are, hooks are the only thing at the end of a fishing line. Literally, oh, here it is. That's it. It goes on and it gives some. It, it dives in some more. It says and thus get cast out along with the bait. So it's collectively called terminal tackle, which includes hooks, leaders, floats, sinkers, feeders, swivels, and any attached snaps or split rings. There you go. So the I end of your line into your whatever. All that stuff. I fish with a lot of people from different from different parts of the country, um, and some from outside of the country. And one of my um, all time favorite uh, pals to fish with is from Pennsylvania. And he always goes, he goes whenever I tie on a popping cork, he goes, Chris, why are you fishing with that baba? <laughs> <laughs> Take that baba off. <laughs> like it's not a bobber, dude. It's a it's a popping cork. That's gotta have a cool name. Cork. It's a baba. It's a popping cork. Uh, let me see. I, have, I, mean, I got no questions. Fish. I got questions. Hey, I, back I fish here. up in Ohio too. Once a year. Where? Where? Yeah, where? Where? Actually, my fa- my family, my wife's family's from Canton. Oh, okay. Next time you're up here, I if you have to, time, uh, I go to Lakeside, Marblehead. I don't know is that. You're Cleveland? So, uh, no, more like Sandusky. Oh, okay. That's even way. further. Yeah, it's a couple hours for me. Two and a half hours. All right. Well, if you come back through, I'll take I'll you to. You just you ping me. You let me know. I got I got a couple of kayaks. We'll go out. It'll be fun. He gonna put you out on that pelican. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, try- just just meet me in uh, Toledo uh, next time I go. I, I think uh, Mike McKinstry is gonna meet up with me, and, and we're gonna do some mommy bass River squatch. Fishing. Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh yeah, I saw you guys interviewed him not too long ago. Yeah, I, I started listening to it, then you guys talking about a board game, and I was like, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm listening to right now. <laughs> that's most of our shows where you get into it that we get you hooked with the fishing and then like we're talking about board yeah. games we're yeah. talking about tacos we're talking uh, about marsh dumps like there's no telling where the show is gonna go we're talking about thermal convection man we're talking about thermal <laughs> convection like there is no telling where the show is gonna go thermal convection I, plays a big role in kayaking well, Huge well, role. i don't even know what we're talking about right now especially if you're kayaking thermal convection man <laughs> oh okay thank you <laughs> You know, well, you can't you can't really throw out cold. thermal convection and not explain it to us. So, so it's it's when the the earth, um, this earth surface starts to heat up because the sun has come up, of course, and it's heating the air around you and and also the surface. But the surface is going to heat up really fast, right? It absorbs all the radiation, and then you start to get just like a, in a convection oven, a rotation, right, which causes a lot of wind. So then, when you're out fishing, and the day starts to, you know, you start the day and it's nice and calm. But as the day progresses, all of a sudden the water gets choppy, it gets windier, it gets harder to fish. And that's because the, the Earth's crust has heated up because of the sun. And now you've got this rotation of air moving from cooler to warmer parts, right? No, I, I hear you. That's I, why I, it gets windy. You know, I, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to go on YouTube lot. next. And I'm going to see I'm a sorry. ton of, <laughs> if you know your thermal convection, you can catch more bass videos. I know it's coming. Um, I don't, I don't know if it necessarily happens a lot on on lakes i think it happens more on coastal areas or near coastal areas um it may happen on on lakes as well but i know it more to be prominent on the coastal areas is that like anyway. something is that like you, you talk about it so naturally like it's a part of your job at nasa or something is it or not no um well not really they're 3d printing houses i'm on is a that... mars project right now are you for real all right we're gonna go way off topic if you could talk about it what do you, what do you um, got going on? Only be only because we actually released some some uh, media recently, mm-hmm. but it was hush hush until about a month ago. 
Okay. For the past two years, we've been um, we're gearing up to. You ever seen the, the show Biodome? A long time ago. That's an old yeah. show. Holly Shore. Yeah. Shore. I mean, like a decade ago, I watched that maybe. Okay. So the we're weasel. about to bust out some Biodome, man. We're locking up four crew members for 375 days, which is an entire Martian year. And we're evaluating food systems because, of course, whenever you send people to Mars, it takes six months to get there. And then their mission is an entire year, and then it takes six months to get back. So every time you, you um, prolong um, food product, it, you lose quality. Of you lose nutrients. You lose nutrients, you lose quality. And as people eat this stuff, they lose the will to live. It gets pretty bad. Now, Chris, is so, there a formula for that? Like, <laughs> I mean, like an like a easy, uh, if something's sitting for a month, it loses 10%. Or, I mean, I is there anything like that? I think it depends on what it is. And okay. also the, the bioavailability of its nutrients to begin with. I got you. You know, whether or not it was actually good shit or, gotcha. or actual crap. But bioavailability that's not a word i've heard probably in about 20 years thanks for thanks for busting on any, that out. On any like fishing it. podcast yeah any fishing podcast and i probably won't if i ever hear bioavailability again um man i'm gonna call you guys up like hey it happened um but so we're we're evaluating the food systems mainly um so this is well, we have three missions planned um the entire length is five years um each mission like i said 375 days which is one martian year and by the end, we hope to have everything figured out so that we can go ahead and send humans to Mars. Within five years? Well, we ha we'll have the science figured out in five years, hopefully. Okay. You know, Within our lifetime. Have, then we actually have the hurdle of getting them there, right? Which is what Orion is supposed to be. Orion is supposed to be our deep space um, vehicle. Okay. That's the one that just went to, uh, to, moon, to the moon. Uh, it was called Artemis. The mission was called Artemis. I don't know okay. if you followed that or not. Huh. I don't know, I, did I hear, I, this is vaguely, I thought I heard somewhere on the radio that some company just got the bid to make these 3D printed houses on Mars. And it was an insane amount of money. Is this something that's like false or is this actually something that happened? So the company that built ours, it's a 3D printed um, habitat. And there's a lot of struggles or there a lot of, um, challenges that you have to meet whenever you're 3D printing with, because they're, they're going to use the Martian's dust. Right. Right. Um, so first off, we don't know. I mean, we know what it's made of because we've had Opportunity and Spirit, which are the two uh, drones on Mars for like 15 years. And they analyzed pretty much everything that's there, almost everything on the surface anyway. But you've got to get water there to be able to make concrete out of the Martian dust. Right. Or of Martian soil. And it takes a lot of water to do that. And... How do they keep it, it from freezing, though? You got to keep it from freezing. And uh, the Martian surface is like 30 degrees cooler than the Earth's surface constantly. It's very cold. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not warm there. Uh, it, it, people would think it's warm because it looks warm, right? <laughs> the red planet it's is red. Kind of warm. <laughs> it's not as cold. See, are you, are, you, are you impressed that I knew that, Chris? Which part did you know? That, that it, it was colder in <laughs> <than> the water. <laughs> Uh, yeah, water, water there. And you know, they did find water there, but it was, it's so, um, acidic, you would just die. But they can use it for concrete. They might be able to use it for concrete if there were an abundance of it, but there is not. Mm, so, got it. Um, they found, honestly, they found traces of, of water, right? Frozen material. But anyway, um, yeah, you're, you're kind of right that there has been a, uh, 
you know, we're working on 3D printing habitats for not only the Martian surface, but lunar surface as well. So it's the same company. I don't know if they've actually won the bid to, to do it in space, but they did win a bid to build ours. No, fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. All right. We are, uh, we are 36 minutes over time. <laughs> I love every minute of it. I love it. Um, I, I do have a qu- couple questions for you to kind of see us on our way out. The Paddler's Playbook. Tell me a little bit about it. Tell us what 2023 is going to look like for you guys. Do we even know? It seems like you just kind of do it and just having fun yeah, with it. When we started this, I, I honestly, I fought with, yeah. with, uh, with uh, Drew, this guy here, quite a bit on just saying, dude, let it be organic. Let's not worry about, you know, anything. Let's just do it and let it happen. See where it goes. And he's, Drew is a mover and a shaker, bro. He's always, he, and that's, you know, like he said, the yin and the yang, I don't give a shit. I'm like laid back. Whatever happens, happens. Look, I've got a busy day ahead of me tomorrow and a busy day the, the day after that. If I can make it, I can make it. If I can't, I can't. I'm sorry. That's kind of the, my flow, right? Drew is constantly like looking for the next best thing, laying out plans, you know, getting all the analytics, um, you know, trying to design, you know, the next avenue to, to go down. And I, I'm constantly just like, let it be. Let it be. <laughs> I usually win that. that the yin and yang. Drew, I'm like you, man. Grinding. What's the next thing? What's yeah, the next angle? Me, he sent me an email and he's like, this dude is organized. <laughs> yeah, I said you were organized by your, <laughs> by your email. I'm like, I'm not used to that. You were talking about texting you and giving you 15, around 15 minutes early and everything else. I'm like, damn, me and Chris are usually the ones late for our own show sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's usually send, one or the other one. We but, send people the links like three minutes before the show starts. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Chris was talking about that. We're, we're organized where... We've had that success because we've been so consistent on who we are and the show that we put out. People know that when they tune into our show, they may not know what the heck conversation that we're going to have or what's going on, but what they can tune in and they know is going to happen is the first 10 minutes, me and Chris are going to give you a recap of what's going on in our lives and what we've been going on and follow up some stuff about past guests. And then you're going to have Saltside Jess come on and talk about our partners. And then we're going to have our guests come on and we're going to interview our guests. And it's going to be the exact same type of format for all 77, 78 shows almost. And every once in a while we'll do a live. We always focus on bringing bringing some technical or um, it's usually technical content, man, from creators, mm. people that, that are building the products that, that you buy in the store. Yeah. yeah. Um, I noticed that here. We can't test everything. We can't yeah. get it. And, and we, we always want to be learning something from our guests too. Like they've, they've got to be able to offer us something that we don't know about and they are an expert in and mm. they can inform our guests because I think we've we've had the success we've had because me and Chris like to talk to people, but we more more than like to talk to people. We like to interview people and learn more about their specialties and what they're good at and what has made them successful. Um, not necessarily that we want to emulate everything that they're doing we just want to know you know how did you get to this point what steps did you take because there's little nuggets and stuff that you can take from everybody's um episodes that's been on our show i mean we've had guys that are you know great with youtube that are great with marketing that are great with photography that are great with a topwater bait you know that we had one of the lead line designers from berkeley on our show talking about the different types of line like oh, yeah. down to a science that was super deep man yeah oh, where yeah. it was stuff that we actually 
really, really got to learn about. So when we're setting up, you know, 2023 and bringing on guests and things like that, we sit there and go, how did this person get to here? Or, you know, why are they considered the expert on this? Let's have them on to talk about it. We, we don't have it, you know, out until March, but, um, a few shows that we do have lined up, um, it's always, you know, really, really popular. Um, as far as downloads and everything for us, when we do talk about kayaks, as mm-hmm. in what's new, what's coming out from Feel that Free, coming what's coming out from Bonefire. Tax season. Yeah, what's coming show? out from Old Town. <laughs> yeah, we usually do that when everybody's got a little tax extra money. Season. They're trying to get the best, best kayak, and we you usually just call it like buying a fishing kayak remixed or something like that. Your listener that asked the question, you know, about his next step in the industry, you know, what he's going to do next. I think it was like Wildflower or Wild something. I don't know yep, what their, yep. their name was. But um, – they might want to listen to an upcoming upcoming episode with Robert Fields, mm. um, because on that episode we're going to discuss, you know, how do you market yourself in this industry? Yeah. Because he's probably one of the su- most successful people in marketing his own self. Yeah, his personal brand. To be right. Yeah. yeah, his own personal brand for sure. Um, I mean. We know Bobby from the days whenever he held yeah, we know Bobby spinning from rod upside down. Before he was Bobby. <laughs> we, we, know, we know Robert Fields when he was Bobby from Dallas. Like, we, we, we know Rob for, for a while. We're going to have Rob on. Um, we're going to have John Hipsher. He'll be on our next episode. He is the marketing rep for Yak Attack. Yep, so we're yep. going to get to talk about people who want to be a part of a brand or want to get the attention of a brand, some of the mm. do's and don'ts of working with some of the more major companies. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to have Jameson Redding on. Um, he has a great show. He's the head brand ambassador, marketing guy for um, Jackson Kayaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has his own show. So we're going to talk to him about actual like filming, um, how it goes. Because he was with Jim Sammons. I got to meet him and Jim down at PAC in Louisiana. I got to talk it up with him. So his is going to be more about like having your own fishing show, the challenges with that, how it is, like are you how many days are you filming to have that fifteen minute show that you're putting on YouTube and all that content. So those are the four episodes that we have planned so far. But other than that, man, there's not a there's not a whole whole lot just you know, working with our current partners, Real Sportswear, Mariner Sales, and uh Pure Fishing. Right on. Well guys see how he dropped that in there like that? Yeah, I like that. That was that was it was a it was a nice segue. Hey, that's, that's three smooth. years of doing the show right there. Yeah. No, I like it. I mean, we got sponsors help make this stuff happen. So, I mean, we got U.S. River Maps making this show happen tonight. It's bringing value. And a lot of the a lot of us guys wouldn't be able to do it without our sponsors. So, thankful for them. So, if you're listening in, guys, thank you, Chris, Drew. Thank you for your time tonight. Man, it was an absolute freaking blast. You guys are so easy to talk to. And I hope, I hope in the future I can have you guys back on. Um, but uh, where, where did they find you? Just wherever you will. Wherever you get your podcast from, the Paddler's Playbook. Everywhere, buddy. That's it. Yeah, Spotify. Everywhere. Just not really on YouTube right now. That's it. Yeah. We, Everywhere. We, do, we yeah. constantly fail at YouTube. Constantly. Yeah. If if you're if you do Facebook, um, search out the Redfish Network. That is our Facebook page. Um, we're kind of rebranding as far as the Facebook group goes. I mean, you can find the Paddler's Playbook page where we post every new episode but if you want to get interactive talk i've been doing a lot of polls and stuff on there go find the redfish network on facebook make sure you answer the questions though because we do not want any bots in there so answer the questions so we don't get spammed all the time because we want it to be a great group for anyone interested in redfish i don't really facebook so um (laughs) just listen to drew what he has to say about the facebooking (laughs) 
I would have I would have bet money on that after having a conversation with you that you don't do that you don't do the Facebook. <laughs> I'm on there. I'm on there, and I post personal stuff. And I, my my platform or my page is is open. It's public. Anybody can get on there. You can look me up, Chris Lewis. I like Instagram because there's a lot less BS to deal with, mm. and it's easy to find me on there, Mister Goodfish. Um, and then, person Drew, your personal page is on there. You recently changed it from Mister Buckets to uh, Redfish Drew. Redfish Drew. There you go. Chris, well, gets, Chris gets on Facebook when he's emotional, both good and bad. When he's happy, <laughs> when he's happy, he makes a post. Yeah. Like you'll see him, he's holding his grandson. He's happy. He's excited. <laughs> and then when he's like old man yelling about the people on his yard, he'll make a post about that too. There is so no he's... people on my yard. There's cows. <laughs> <laughs> Easter famine. I'm I'm down with it. the cows. Cows are good to me. <laughs> they don't talk back. They don't complain about politics or religion. <laughs> they just walk by and go. There you go. We well, appreciate you having us on, man. No, it's yeah, good. We, have, we need to get you on our schedule next. Oh, I, I would love it. I would be honored to do that. The longest show I've ever had was this one. Right. And man, people are still hanging around. I love it. So if you're listening in, thank you so much. Please hit that like button. Help get this help get this video on YouTube, get in more reach. Thank you, Drew, Chris. You guys freaking rock as well. And uh, go check them out at the Paddlers um, playlist. And I know I'm going to go ahead over there and uh, get those notifications the as well. The playlist so. too. Check out the playlist on the Paddlers playbook. Playbook. My goodness, I ruined it, didn't I? No, it's all right, man. You're I was getting right. ready. We've we hey, we've the kept going for an hour and forty five minutes, man. Playbook. You probably need to cuddle. I'm I'm, I'm so toast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle. <laughs> I right, see you guys. Adios.